So fun fact, Killian that works here, um, that is his bedroom. So <laughs> Killian lives in 1974. Uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So hey, glad you guys are here this morning. Um, if you have not been coming to this church very long, a couple of times a year, two times a year, two times a year, we, we do vision services. And, and we do this for, for several reasons. One, if you've never been here before, we, we, we go through whole books of the Bible. We're in 1 Samuel right now. We will be right back in that next week. We'll do chapters four and five, which are two of my favorite chapters. Um, very fascinating. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in the next week. We do two vision services every year because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs where there is a lack of vision, people die. And so it is very important for us as a church to, to kind of talk about at least a couple of times a year where we are, where we think God is leading us and, and how we are to get to where we think God is leading us. That's, that's very, very important. So we do this a couple of times a year. And um, it's very important. If, if you haven't noticed this morning, and, and listen, this is not about any of you in this room. Notice you got a little bit more space in here today? Yeah. As a pastor, that makes me want to throw up. It makes me really upset that a lot of people don't show up because they know it's a vision service. And um, statistically across the United States, churches are down 20% when they do things like this. And, and you think that maybe you'll be that church that isn't like that, that one mega church that doesn't do that. And um, it's pretty disheartening all weekend. Every service has been down about, about 10, 15%. And um, that has nothing to do with any of you. But next week when this room is packed to the brim and you have nowhere to sit, I'm gonna say this again. And I'm gonna say how disappointing it is uh, that people will come and only when they can get something out of it, not when they, they get talked to about contributing back to the greater good of it. So uh, here's my thing. So um, again, that has nothing to do with any of you in this room. You're, you're in this room. And I appreciate you so much for being in this room. But um, this is something we're gonna talk about a lot today. The, the church in America cannot keep functioning like the consumeristic culture that it has. We've got to change and it's not working. What we're doing now, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about church in the United States, that the selfishness that has crept its way into the church is not good for the church. It has not been good for us. And so, listen, today's not gonna be all doom and gloom. I'm not gonna beat you up, I promise. I hope you feel encouraged today. We are gonna talk about some wonderful things that are happening in our church, some miraculous things that are happening in all four of our campuses, a little bit about some things we're gonna do next year. And and hopefully uh, do more and do it better. And, but, but today, guys, we are gonna talk about some things that, that, that are important that we need to focus on that may be some problems, okay? So we're gonna talk about all kinds of different things, but I hope at the end of this, you hear my heart. I hope that, that um, it challenges you, but also encourages you because, because God is doing some pretty miraculous stuff at this place. So really, really glad you're here. Um, you should have got a notes handout when you walked in. We do this every single week. You may not always get the physical copy. If you get a physical copy, Stick that somewhere, keep that. And here's one of the reasons why we do these vision services is, is I need to be held accountable. We need to be held accountable. There's a lot of churches that are not transparent and, and, and they need to be about things like money and things like, and I'm gonna show you where every dollar of this church goes today. And I want you to keep that stuff and make sure that we are, we are holding up our end of what we're supposed to be doing, okay? And if you just get the notes on your phone or if you watch online or something like that, Maybe periodically throughout the year, go back and just take a glance at those things and just make sure that we are staying on track, okay? So, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your Sunday already. We're, we're, you're here. I'm not mad at anyone in this room. Um, it's just all the people that, that don't show up. And you gotta think of a church our size, 20% somewhere in the neighborhood of about 
1,400 people that dip out. And, um, and that, that's a shame, guys. But anyways, I'll stop. So I'm gonna pray. We're gonna get into this vision service. I hope you're encouraged. I hope it excites you a little bit. I hope it challenges you a little bit. And um, again, for the last time, I'm, I'm very grateful that you're here this morning. So let me pray. We'll dive into this. We'll work through the first half pretty quick and then hang out a little bit longer on some things at the end, okay? And if you're new here, I swear I'm a decent guy. I'm a nice guy. Uh, this is a great church and I'm glad you're here. So let me pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, we, we, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you for the vision you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the vision your word has given us on how to live. And we thank you for how much you've blessed this church, God. We, we, we pray that as we talk about where we think you're taking us, God, and, and, and how we can do our part in that, Lord, I pray that you just continue to bless this church, God. Bless our other campuses and, and bless all the, the churches in this area and in the other areas where we have churches, God, that they have a clear vision and that, that you keep your hand on those, those bodies, Lord. God, we just pray, Lord, my, my, from the core of my heart, God, I just pray that everything this, this group of Christians does, Lord, I pray that it just honors you and that it brings glory to you and that it advances your kingdom and not our kingdom and that it's all about you, God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We pray all these things in your son's name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've been here for any length of time, you've probably seen our vision statement. Once upon a time, I used to be anti-vision statement. I thought it was you know, kind of corporate-y and I didn't like that. But the more you read the Bible, again, the Bible is very clear that we need to be clear about where we're going. And if you read Matthew uh, chapter 28, 19 and 20, Jesus essentially has a vision statement to go out to all the world, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. That, that, that's the mission, the vision of what the church should be. So we kind of took that and adapted that a little bit. And here's our simple vision, to lead people to Jesus through authentic worship, that's what you're doing now, authentic community, we'll talk about all these things, and then authentic community service. We use that word authentic, and that's kind of a buzzword, and a lot of people say, oh, we're authentic, but they, it's not really authentic. Um, I feel like one of our strong suits of this church is, is sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not so great, but we are genuine in what we do. We are, we are authentic in what we do, not just here, I'm talking about us. It's just a really unique group of people, and I feel like at the, at the very least, we are honest. And uh, that's one of the things that makes this place very special. So what we do with that vision statement is this is how we live out that vision statement. If you are new here and if you've never seen this, this is, this is a very simple model of what our church does. This is all our church does. We may be the most simple church in the world. This is it, we do five things. And I'm gonna briefly walk through these five things, show you these things, and if you come to a next class, you'll learn a little bit more about this. And the more you get involved, the more you will see this play out but I'm gonna brief briefly tell you about these five different things. Of course, the first thing, you're doing it. You're already here, right? You're at a worship service. This is kind of our front door. And if you are new here, our worship services always look pretty much the same. We, we have really good worship. We always have a train that interrupts us. That's part of our worship services. We, uh, <laughs> CSX loves us. So, we always have worship music. We usually have a song to open up, three songs in the middle. We always do verse by verse teaching. That's all we do at this church. And we literally have churches from all over the country and sometimes the world that get a hold of us and they will ask, what are you guys doing? Why are you guys growing so quick? And they're looking for some kind of silver bullet, right? Some kind of trick or gimmick. And I always tell them it is just because we teach the word verse by verse. 
I think that is the reason why God has blessed our church so much. Um, we also have time at the end of service for people to respond regardless of where you are in your faith. We always have a pastor to answer questions for anyone that's not a believer and maybe they're curious. We have people to pray. We take communion at every service and that's something, guys, listen, I love, I love you all. We need to be a little bit more respectful with communion that when people are taking it, if you're gonna have a conversation, go outside. If you don't wanna take it, that's fine. Just, just please just let other people take their communion in a respectful, uh, sacred way. And so we do communion and at the end of service, uh, you can either respond to the message, kind of whatever stage you are in your walk, okay? From our weekend services, we also have next class which is not really a class. It's just a time you can come in. We give you a tour. We do this every single month, the second Monday of every single month. We show you around the place. Um, anyone who, who's interested, we kind of tell you the different things we do. We tell you, uh, I'll tell you my personal testimony. We'll tell you about how we started the church. We'll let you ask any questions you want to ask. And it's just kind of a time, at least once, that I get to kind of meet everybody, get to shake hands, hug people. I'm a hugger. Hug people, get to say hi, and, and you get to learn a little bit about the church, okay? Now, from next class, we hope to get you involved in our development courses. All of these are free. They're just there to build up your theology, and it also creates a lot of community, lets you know a little bit more about the Bible, lets you know a little bit more about our church and kind of our culture here. We have a class called Following Jesus. It's, it's a fantastic course. We've had literally thousands of people go through this. It's seven weeks long. It's the basics of Christianity, and it's a little bit about our church. From that, we have one called Authentic Discipleship. It's a little bit longer, but, but what that is, is that is not about necessarily how to be a follower of Jesus. It's how to go out and make more followers of Jesus. It equips us to go out and be leaders, to go out and disciple other people. Uh, we have a fantastic class, again, free, called Experience Finance, very similar to like Dave Ramsey's principles, but we just kind of did our own thing with that. It's completely free. Go through that. Teaches you how to get out of debt, how to handle money in a way that is, that is biblical and, and how to live within your means. We have a fantastic class called Preparing for Marriage. If you're engaged in here, it's the only class you can take where you actually make money. How does that work? Here's how. In the state of Tennessee, if you go through premarital counseling, you get $60 off your marriage license. So... We actually make money coming to our premarital class. So um, if you are engaged in here, Tim and Donna do an absolutely beautiful job with this. It's a fantastic class. And um, all you have to do is sign up for that on the app if you're engaged and you can, you can get involved in that. And it's a wonderful class. So we have development. From development, we wanna get you into some kind of smaller community, essentially life groups. And we don't want these just to be like, you know, like let's hang out and watch a movie life groups, that's fine if you occasionally do that, but we want these to be intentional groups that, that, are, that are not only talking about the word of God and pouring into each other, that this will be the kind of group that maybe you'll invite your neighbor that, that maybe is intimidated by a big church, but they'll come to your life group. Invite your neighbor over. This is where discipleship happens. Hopefully groups will grow and they'll multiply. If you're interested in either being in a group or leading a group, just email us, lifegroups at experiencecc.com and we'll get you on that track. I wanna tell you, this is something the last year that we have put a lot of emphasis on, and we, we still have a lot of ground to make up. For a church this size, we, we probably need about twice as many groups as we have. Right now, we got about 170, and we need a lot more. We're being aggressive. We're starting about 65 groups a year. That's not including the multiplication, but we need more people. 
If you're in a group, um, you don't have to be the most eloquent speaker or know everything about the Bible. We'll train you, we'll help you, but we need more groups, okay? We're also putting a, a bigger emphasis on kind of integrating Celebrate Recovery more into our, our process. Any CR people in here? Yeah, CR? No, nope, no one wants to admit it. Okay, so <laughs> CR is a, a wonderful group. It's not just, there you go. It's not just uh, substance abuse. A lot of people think it's exclusively that. It's not. It's for any kind of hurts, habits, hangups. It's for codependency. It's for depression. It's for anxiety. It's for all kinds of things. They meet on Thursdays. There is complete discretion over there. No one knows who goes. It's a safe space. They do a 12-step program that is absolutely fabulous. Thursdays at 7 p.m. We're trying to just get the word out more about our fantastic CR program. And um, if you haven't been to one, it is fabulous. And then the last part of that five-step thing is serving. Now we're gonna get a little bit more about kind of things that we need around here um, in, this, in these couple of slides. So we do a lot of fantastic things that were started here that go out of this church and reach the community. Uh, we've been working for the homeless virtually the entire time that, that, that we've been doing this church, almost 14 years. We've been working with the Journey Home for several years. We go across the street both on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. And we go over there and we, we help feed homeless and work over at Journey Home with Scott and his team. That's who, who started Journey Home. We can get involved in that. If you have a heart for the homeless, we also work with homeless women through an organization called Stepping Stones. In fact, two of the, the four weekends a month, there are homeless women and children that stay in a life group room right next to my office so they can get at least one night off the street. We house them, we have people stay the night with them, we feed them, we partner with Stepping Stones. Actually, Travis, who works here, is on the board of that organization. We're deeply involved there. We have a great group called Embrace Grace that either works with women who have unintended pregnancies or who have chosen to have an abortion and they, they deal with grief or regret over that. And, and let me tell you a little side note. Christians can respond to things like that in one of two ways. We can either beat down people who have made these choices and these, I'm gonna say, mistakes to, to do those things, or we can get behind them and help restore them when they're, they're drowning in their grief and shame. And that's what we choose to do. We choose to love uh, around here. So, and we get behind that. So if you wanna get involved in Embrace Grace, it's a fantastic ministry. We have a ministry called Bar Ministry. If you've ever driven around the square at midnight on a Friday, you'll see someone dancing around in a big hot dog costume. You go to church with those individuals. And um, we have a free hot dog stand on the square. We've been doing this for about 13 years. And what we do is we sit out there, a team of people, and when everyone pours out of the bars, it's just bars and lawyers now on the square. When they all pour out of the bars, uh, they come over and they get free hot dogs from us and we help sober them up and talk to them a little bit before they get in their 4,000 pound vehicles and drive away. We wanna make sure that they're sober and, and if they're not, we, we try to get them a ride somewhere or something like that. And people say, well, what does that have to do with the gospel? And I just say, if you talk to drunk people long enough, God always comes up. So <laughs> we have baptized. <laughs> if you're laughing, you're just incriminating yourself right now. But anyway, so um, we... <laughs> We have baptized probably hundreds of people over the last uh, 13 years that have come out of bars and eaten free hot dogs. We do the reclaimed ministry, which is our jail ministry. The jail is just about a mile down the road, right over here. There was a gentleman that started coming to our church recently. And um, one of the guys that works here at the church was, you know, they said, hey, how'd you find out about the church? And he goes, well, I was in jail and a couple of old guys walked up to me and said, you need to come to church and you have to come to this church. I know exactly who those two old guys are. It was Bill and Larry. And uh, 
but they, they go over, they've been doing ministry over there for years. We do ministry to women and men if you wanna get involved in our jail ministry. We also work with over 90 nonprofits in this county. So we work with a lot of nonprofits and we do a lot with them, not just financially, we help them with, with, with volunteers as well. So that's stuff that kind of happens outside. There's a lot of stuff that also needs to happen inside. So we always need a lot of help. You guys know, especially at the 10 o'clock, parking at this church is like parking at Disneyland. You know, you're in some lot somewhere else and a shuttle picks you up and <laughs> brings you in and it's pretty crazy, but uh, it is amazing. You know that the growth of this church is miraculous because I don't know if it could be any more difficult for you to actually get in here and worship. So uh, we always need help with parking. We always need help with shuttling. Always need help with hospitality. There's a lot of, you guys drink a lot of coffee. You guys spill a lot of coffee on this carpet too, I've noticed. But anyways, you drink a lot of coffee. We need help with that. Uh, it's a lot of communion. It's a lot of people to shake hands and say hello to. Always need help with hospitality. Always need help with Echo. That's our kids. Um, we always need help with nursery. We have a gajillion babies at this church. Uh, I taught Song of Solomon twice over the years. And you guys were obviously listening when I taught that. And if you need your baby fix, we can take care of that for you. We have, we have many babies for you to hold. If, you, if you're... If you're Brave and you wanna help out with middle school, we always need help with Eon, with production. We have a medical team at every service. We need help with all these things. There is a volunteer interest meeting tomorrow. If you are not serving, you can come shop out all the different things that we have that you can serve in and choose one that maybe fits you uh, uh, to, the best, uh, to the best of your abilities. So outside of those five things, okay, we also have a huge focus on missions. Now, this is not community service stuff. This is propagating the gospel. This is getting the gospel out locally, nationally, globally, okay? Now, locally, we are trying to do that by planting more churches in Tennessee similar to this church. And, and we predominantly do that in more rural areas. I know Murfreesboro is not rural, but all of our other campuses are in very rural areas. That's because no one cares about rural areas. I'm not saying that mean. I mean, just people don't want to plant churches there because it's not booming. It's not growing. It's, it's hard. We go out and plant churches in these areas where there is no one teaching the Bible verse by verse, and they're not doing anything in the community. So for instance, our second church, Cannon County, uh, that's a town of 2,100 people. Our church out there run, runs 750. And the reason why that is, is not because we're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but no one ever cared about Woodbury until we went and planted a church out there. And now all these people who are hungry for the gospel, they come and it, and it works. So we're trying to plant more and more churches. And I'm gonna tell you, it's difficult to plant churches. I'm not on a screen. They don't put me on a screen. We have real pastors with real brains that write real lessons. And they do that stuff out in those campuses. And that's hard. So we have to train up those men and women um, financially, it's also very, very difficult. Everything has just gotten expensive and we don't have any debt. We're not gonna take out any loans. So if we go buy a building somewhere or if we, we pay for it in cash, and if we don't have the cash, we don't do it. And so that's just how we operate. Also organizationally, the more we plant churches and the further they go out, is about an hour away. And that church actually started in 2023. It started January of this year. But the first, and already runs 400 people. When we go out further like that, organizationally, it's just very, very tough. It's just very tough for us to all keep in, in contact. But we're trying to plant more churches in Tennessee. That's number one. Number two, 
is the United States. The U.S. needs more churches, and it needs good churches. We sponsor a church in Delaware called Hope Church. In fact, one of the pastors, my, my buddy Alfie, was just here in town last week. That church is doing great. They're only a couple of years old. They just had to go to two services. They, they run about 140 people, which is huge in Delaware. They're doing a great job up there. Uh, we support City Church in Albany, New York. They run about 250. They're doing a great job in New York. Albany's a rough town. We just picked up a church in Beverly, Massachusetts. That's right outside. It touches Salem, Mass. Couldn't find a church in Salem. There are no Protestant churches in Salem, Mass right now. But I found one as close as I could in Beverly, uh, Garden City. A buddy of mine named Aaron, he's doing a great job up there. In 2024, what we hope to do, I always talk about these churches, but, but I want you guys to see some of those. So we're gonna do a couple of mission trips. It'll be cheap, it'll be easy, it'll be you know pretty low impact to where we can fly up to these areas and we can do some work in Albany. They live in a, their church is in a rough area. Maybe we can clean up the block. Maybe we can do some stuff at their building. Maybe we can go to you know Beverly Mass and we can do some stuff at their building, help them out, clean up some stuff. We're just gonna try to do as much as we can. So we're gonna take a couple of trips up there this coming year. That's what we're doing in our state, in our nation, and then we're doing a lot around the world. Now, if you're new here, we're non-denominational. We're completely autonomous, this church. So everything we do, it's, it's us, it's you guys, right? So we've been doing work in El Salvador for about 12 years now. We're gonna be taking two more trips up there. We work with orphaned elementary age kids, and you can go up there and literally dress up like a clown and dance around and do worship songs and, and hang out with these kids. It's wonderful. We'll do two of those. That's still pretty close. It's pretty cheap. I think it's a week-long trip, so it's not too much of a commitment. And so we're trying to do more trips that are a little bit cheaper, a little bit easier, so more people can do them. And then we also have the Uganda trips. We'll be doing four of those. That is not it's not expensive, but it's, 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 a more, it's a commitment. It's 10 days. You're on a plane for about 24 hours. It's a little bit more involved. It'll also absolutely change your life, but it's, it's a little bit tougher of a commitment to make. We'll do four of those trips. There we work with uh, literally hundreds of street kids, homeless kids. We get them jobs. We train them. We teach them the Bible. We get them in church. Uh, we, we get them off the streets. We do amazing things. The following Jesus class that we teach here, we have translated that to Lugandan, and we take that and we teach dozens of pastors in the most remote parts of Uganda, Africa. We teach them following Jesus. They teach their whole congregations that in their native language. We train pastors. We give out tons and hundreds and hundreds of Bibles in that area, in their native language. We're doing pretty amazing stuff in Uganda. If you can go, it'll change your life. It's, it's a commitment, but, but if you can do it. Um, we're planning on train, uh, taking a trip to Guatemala. It's a new thing we're doing, but again, that's pretty close, pretty low impact, pretty inexpensive. We financially support Eastern European missions, which is a big deal. Two years ago, before all this crazy stuff started happening with, with uh, Russia and Ukraine, we, this church raised up enough money to, it was something like 40,000 Bibles that we gave to the school system in Russia. So a bunch of elementary school kids got Bibles because of us, 40,000 students in Russia got Bibles because of us. We support a couple uh, in, in, in Haiti, uh, Jameson, who actually works here part-time. Um, he, he's Haitian, his wife that's been coming here ever since she was in high school, and we support them. And um, these are different things that we're doing across the world. So these are all great things, and, and I believe God is blessing these things, but here's where we're gonna get a little bit more serious. There are some wonderful things happening at this church, but with these wonderful things, 
it, it causes some hurdles, okay? So before anyone goes nuts about this slide, let me, let me talk about this for a second. This time last year, this campus averaged 4,732 people, just this campus on the weekends. Uh, throughout all of our campuses, we only had three at that time, now we have four, we were at about 55-15 between all campuses. From last year to this year, this campus averages 6,430, and over all four campuses, we average just short of 8,000 people. Now, now, man, I hope everyone hears my heart on this. I am not famous. Our worship team isn't famous. We have no curb appeal. We, we, <laughs> we don't take out ads. We don't have adequate facilities. You have to park at a school a quarter of a mile down the road, some of you, and be shuttled in. You have to park at factories. This is a miraculous thing that you are witnessing. This is nothing manufactured by man. Listen, especially in a time when the church in the United States is dipping faster than it has ever dipped. It, it is hemorrhaging. And, and so, listen, I wanna tell you thank sincerely, thank you. I know it is not even easy to come to church here. What I mean by that is, it is very unorthodox how we have to park, how we have to do things. It is very, very different, but I wanna tell you thank you. It doesn't go unnoticed. And, and, and the fact that you are willing to be a little uncomfortable, and, and it means a lot. But there are some issues that this kind of growth brings up. The first one is, of course, and I know you know it, is space. We just don't have the space. Um, just in children alone, this campus has over 1,600 children a weekend over there. That is not much space over there for, I know we do five services, but you divide that, this service alone has somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 children on average that come to it. So this isn't the whole group in here. There's 500 or so people over there, children, and then all the people working with them, and we just need more space. Um, our student ministries, we just built a huge deck on the end of the building. That's not because we just wanted a cool deck. It's because we needed to create some cheap square footage over here. So we made about a 1,500 square foot deck, which cost $30,000, by the way, because wood is like gold nowadays. And so, and we did most of the work. And so we built that back out there to, to make a little bit more space for the students. Um, all of them are busting at the seams. Of course, parking. And I want you guys to remember all this because I'm going somewhere with it. Parking is an issue. We just don't have a lot of space. So we've had to buy three buses this year and four golf carts. I don't know why golf carts are as expensive as they are either, but we've had to buy four of them. And so that's just to get people into the building and get people to their cars and things like that. So we're doing the best we can to be efficient and as comfortable as we possibly can be. Here's where we get into more serious stuff. Because we have grown so much, the amount of people serving hasn't caught up to the growth in attendance. And so we need more people to step up and serve. Listen, if you call yourself a Christian, I'm not trying to be rude this morning, there is no way to truly follow Christ without being a servant to other people. It, it is just part of it. And, 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 and so we need, we need people to step up and serve. You know, if you ever read books on how to get people to serve, you should never say need, just say it's an opportunity. I, I, don't, I don't wanna bull crap with you guys this morning. I wanna be straight with you. We need people to step up because new people are coming in here. We have anywhere between 30, 40 new families that check kids in every week, 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 week. And they need people to serve them. They need people to help them. 
And so when you people step up, again, that volunteer interest meeting is tomorrow. And here's something we're gonna hang out on for a little bit. And guys, I hope I paint a clear picture of this, but, but giving is not what it's supposed to be at this church. And again, some of that could be the, the rapid growth because it usually takes about six months for someone to, to trust us before they will financially commit to the church. It could be some of that, or it could just be that, that, that people aren't giving. And um, we're gonna talk about that a little bit, okay? And I'm gonna talk about it more than I've ever talked about it in the 14 years that I've been doing this church, but, but, I, but I think it exposes a, an issue with us. So when it comes to money, and I, I show you all this for transparency, the budget that we had for this year was 9.8 million. And you may say that's a lot. It's not for a church of almost 8,000. It is not very much at all. Our estimated expenses, what we will spend this year is gonna be about 600 grand more than what we thought we were gonna spend. That's not because we're foolish with money. It's because we grew by 42%. That means a lot of electrical work. That means building a lot of rooms. That means $30,000 decks. That means golf carts. That means all this stuff just to facilitate what we're doing here. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna talk about this in a minute too, and I hope you guys just hear my heart. If you haven't noticed, there's nothing decadent about our church. If you give to this church, and if you don't believe me, just look at the carpet you're sitting on right now. But, but here's the thing with that. We could have decadent fancy coffee and we could build monstrosity buildings and you know buy land and spend 50 grand on some six flags over Jesus. We're not gonna do that garbage. Because listen, listen, listen to me for a second. Because just for instance, this coffee, this coffee, this carpet you're sitting on, it will take $65,000 to replace this carpet in this room. And that's what the cheapest carpet we can find, no padding underneath it, just carpet on, on, on concrete, 65 grand. When I see 65 grand, my brain instantly goes to, well, I can support a shelter for homeless women for a year with that, or we can have nicer carpet. Screw the carpet. That's kind of where we're at, okay? So I just want you to know as we talk about money, when I talk about money, none of this is so we can live more decadently. It's not because any of us get a, a, a bonus check if you give more money. That's not it. If you're looking at this, our projected income is more than we spend. 1.7 million more than we will spend this year. All of that will go into savings because as a church as big as us, we only have a million dollars in savings right now and that's not, a, not, not enough for a church this size. And God forbid if another pandemic happened or another crisis happened or something bad, we need to have that money just set back to make sure that we're taken care of, that people can be ministered to. Now, here's the breakdown of where that money goes. Now, you may be, this is pretty self-explanatory. The part you may not know about is the network. What we have is we have about 138 employees at this church, that's full and part-time. Full-time, we have about 80 full-time, okay? Of that 80 full-time employees, I think it's 25 or 28 of them do not work for any one church. They work for all the churches. For instance, all the graphic design and videos you see, they don't work for Murfreesboro. They work for all the churches. They make those videos and graphic designs for all the churches. The reason why we created that network is if we plant more and more churches, we don't have to hire you know, seven HR directors. We have one HR director that works for all the churches. We don't have to hire, you know, 25 graphic designers. We have three that work for all the churches. And so we're just trying to be efficient and sustainable. Ministry expenses, those are just all the things that are needed to do on the weekend. Communion, curriculum, coffee, all the, all the C's, right? All these different things that we need just for the weekend services to exist. These are our utilities, operating costs, 
$422,000 to heat and cool this building and to pay for the water every single year. So it's a lot. Um, I wanna show you this. You may not care, but, but I care. I want you to see that no one here is getting rich off your giving. All of our salaries combined, full and part-time, are about 34% of our total budget. Um, the average church is about 50 or 60%. We're, we're at 34, so we're dramatically lower than that. The average full-time salary of someone that works at this church is $51,500 a year. The average salary in the state of Tennessee, I think, is about 53. So we're, we're below even the state average. And that's not for any other reason except for you to know no one's like swimming in it here. No one's, no one's just like rolling in it here. Uh, people say that churches don't pay taxes. That's not true. We will pay almost $400,000 this year in um, just in employee taxes. So we will pay that. Uh, someone also said that health benefits are affordable now. Nope, there'll be almost 600 grand for us to have health benefits this year. And then we have an MIT program, which is a residential internship program. And that's what that is. We also pay for the police and sheriff to be here, sheriff's department to be here, a person from each, six out of the seven days a week. We used to only do Saturday and Sunday and Wednesday, but after the covenant shootings, we have a sheriff's department person and a police department person here uh, every single day except for Friday. That's because nothing happens here at this church. So listen, the reason why we do that is I wanna keep you safe. And I'm not trying to say that to sound like a hero, but having the police car and the sheriff's department car just parked out in front of our building deters probably 99% of anything that might happen in this place. They keep your kids safe, they walk around, we have a great security system in here, great surveillance, it's just to keep you safe. We also pay an outside CPA to look at our finances to make sure that we're doing everything legal. They don't come to church here, I know them, but we're not buddies or anything like that and we, we pay them to look at our books and audit us several times a year just to make sure that we're being everything we're supposed to be. Now, this is one that I find very, very important. 30% of everything that comes in goes out through outreach and benevolence. And I'm not saying this to boast. I have never heard of a church in the United States that gives more percentage-wise than we do. I, I have never come across this church. And that's something that, another reason why I think God is blessing this church so much is because we give a lot of it away. Um, we had to spend over a, a million dollars for build-outs this year, just because of growth. Electrical work, building different rooms and things like that at all of our campuses. The good news is, is we have absolutely no debt. This church has never taken out a loan. We have never been into debt. Even when we bought this building, we didn't take out a loan. We just paid the owner directly, paid it off in three years and 11 months. And we just, we just don't get into debt. That's not how we do things. Another thing I wanna tell you about this benevolence thing, uh, I wrote this down and I wanna tell you as we get into this next slide, which isn't gonna be as fun, is when you give to this church, it's not just providing for the gospel to be spread. There, there are literal lives that are saved because you give to this church. Are you guys familiar with the baby boxes that have started popping up in Tennessee? Anyone? They only, I think there's only two of them in the entire state. What it is, is they set up a, a literal box. It's a very, uh, the technology is pretty amazing. It's a literal box that if a woman has an unwanted pregnancy and gives birth, she has two weeks after that legally to drop that baby off completely anonymously. And then it, it, it alerts first responders. They take that baby and they eventually find a baby, uh, that baby a home to be adopted into. Uh, there's two of those in the state and that literally saves babies' lives because these moms would have 
put that baby in a dumpster or aborted that child or something like that. The first one that is ever going to open up in Rutherford County is opening up soon. You wanna know who paid for that? This church. This church paid for that. So, so listen, when I talk about the necessity to give to this church, it is for things even like that. I'm not trying to be mean. No other church stepped up for that. But we're gonna be the church that steps up for that kind of stuff. So let's talk about giving. And guys, this is where I, I, this is not easy for me. The national average in the United States, 14,000 churches that were surveyed, the national average from all over the country, annually, this includes children and everybody, the national average is 2262 given a year, which quite frankly is not very much. That's, that's $200 a month. That's what we spend in, in Starbucks, a lot of people. So, but the national average is 2262 annually. I looked at this church, we're at 1611. And I'm gonna tell you that, that could be because of our demographics or that could just be the, 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 the growth or it could just be that a lot of people are not contributing. Now listen, let me tell you something. The biggest problems we have here right now are parking and interior space. I think everyone would agree with that. So I've talked to the owners of these three buildings behind us and we've talked to, to the owner of Mayday. They rent from us. They have a 15-year lease still left with us. If this church, listen to me, if this church would have given what the average church in the United States gives, 26, or, uh, 2262 per person annually, we wouldn't be bringing in 12 million this year. We would be bringing in 18 million this year. Hold on. Let me tell you what that 6 million would do. That six million, five million of it would purchase all three of these buildings that are behind this building. And that would give us 60,000 more square feet of interior space. And we could move a bunch of stuff over there and create more space here, right? That would also give us about 400 more parking spaces, which doubles what we have out of here. With the other million dollars, we could buy out the, the lease from Mayday and that would give our children's area an extra 11,000 square foot. If if we were giving what we were supposed to be giving, all of our parking and space issues would be fixed within one year. But we're not, but we're not. Do you know who hurts from that? Not me. If you give or don't give at this church, it does not affect my paycheck one dime. It doesn't change my lifestyle at it. I'm not trying to like cry the blues or sound like a martyr or anything up here. There are pastors of churches of 500 people that make more than me and I pastor a church of almost 8,000. So, so my lifestyle doesn't change if you give to this church or don't give to this change, or give to this church. What does happen is, is a new family might come in and wanna drop off their child into the nursery and we're eventually gonna have to say, you can't, because there's not space. And that's, that's bothersome to me. So here's the thing about giving. I don't know if you give or not. Listen, I'll be quite frank with you. That's between you and God. That's between you and God if you give. People will argue with me that, that biblical tithing is not a New Testament thing. I disagree with that. I think it is a New Testament thing. But again, that is between you and the Lord. We also had a really happy woman walk out of the service right before here because I talked about money. Jesus talks a lot about money. Paul talked a lot about money. And I talk about money two times a year. That is about 1.8% of the sermons that I speak at, right? So here's the thing. Your finances are between you and the Lord. 
but we cannot argue that it is going to take not only our time, our effort, and our talent, if we're going to buy Bibles for people in Russia and Ukraine, if we're going to plant churches, if we're going to help out churches in New England, if we're going to provide the things even for your children, if we're going to have an environment so people can come in and hear the gospel, it also takes money. It takes a financial commitment as well. So here's the thing. We don't advertise, we don't use gimmicks. We're not trying to, I, I said it earlier and I probably shouldn't have, we're not trying to build an extravagant building. We're not trying to, you know, like we're not just throwing money around being stupid with stuff. We're very frugal and we are the most benevolent church that I possibly know how to be. All we need your money for, or what I'm bringing this up for is we just have to create the space for people to come hear the gospel. We have to create the space for people to come and hear the gospel. And, and if I'm being very, very transparent with you, I don't sleep well. I haven't slept well for a long time because I am constantly thinking about the logistical problems at this church. Now, do I know the Lord has it in his hands? Of course I know the Lord has it in his hands. But what is crazy here is, I, I, I've said it several times, I'm gonna say it again. We are not manufacturing this growth. We're not on, you know, we're not taking out TV ads. We're not, we're, not doing, we're not doing anything to make this happen. God is making this happen. So if God is making this happen, that tells me that we have to facilitate this wonder. We, we have to figure out how to steward this wonderful gift that God is giving us. And what keeps me up at night, guys, and listen, this is gonna sound bad, but, but I need you to hear this. I need for it to bother someone else in this place, that someone may come in these doors who may be suicidal, they may be broken in their marriage, they may be digging and looking for the truth, but they can't come in because there's nowhere to park. That cannot be the case. It bothers me, it keeps me up at night, and, 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 and I'm not trying to be rude, but it needs to keep you up at night too. We need to share this responsibility. We need to share this burden a little bit. And, and we are in a church. I'm telling you guys, man, it sounds like I'm beating you up. I'm not trying to beat you up. If you're new here, you have stepped into something that, that, that it, it is lightning in a bottle. There is something so interesting and amazing happening here. And all we wanna do is we just wanna serve our city we want to help other areas like Tullahoma and Shelbyville and, 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 and Cannon County. And our next one will probably be McMinnville. We want to go out to these areas and we want to help them serve their cities. We want to see people come to know Jesus. We, want to, we as believers want to dig deeper. We have no desire to be famous. We have no, I have no desire to be famous. The older I get, the more of an introvert weirdo I become. I, like, like, we have no desire to be in magazines. We have no desire for everyone to know who we are. We just want to share the gospel. That's all we want to do. And we have a desire to, to, to illuminate the truth. And so what I'm trying to get you to do today a little bit is, is, is not only trust me, but get underneath this with me. We have a great church we have a great church and God is, God is giving us something. In a time when churches can barely keep their doors open, we have grown 42%. We have to step up. So here's how, and it's not just money today. The first thing I need from you is please be patient with us. Please be patient with us. Man, I love you guys and I know this isn't you guys. 
But, but, but in, in Southern Christianity, you know, everyone went and watched that Jesus Revolution movie, which is fantastic. I've, I've been familiar with Calvary Chapel churches for decades, fantastic. Everyone watches that and they go, man, all these dirty, smelly hippies pouring into a place and they're sitting on the floor and it's organic and packed, how exciting. And the same people who went to the theater to watch that, they go to their church on Sunday and they walk in and they go, oh crap, somebody's in my seat today. Guess I'm not sitting here, right? A little uncomfortable. 74 degrees in this room, not gonna do it. Don't let that be us. Please don't let that be us. If we eventually have to sit on the floor in this place, praise God. Those are people that are coming in hearing the gospel be taught. Just please be patient with us. Here's the other thing. Please make coming to church a priority in your life. I know there's a lot going on. I have one daughter that plays tennis, one that's a cheerleader every single night of the week except for Friday. One of them's doing something. It's tough. But I told both of my girls, if any one of those things interferes with you coming to youth on Wednesday, we're not gonna do those things. We're just not. We're not gonna take those things out, right? Because the most important thing I will ever instill in my child is not a great backhand or I can instill nothing with the cheering side. But anyways... (laughs) The most important thing I can instill in them is a love for the Lord and a love for the truth. Make church a priority. Don't just come here, get involved. I get a kick out of people that are like, oh, big old church, you can't get to know anyone there. Sure you can. You can't if you sit there with your arms crossed not talking to anyone. You're right, you will not get to know anybody. You won't get to know anyone in a church of 200 people if you act like that. But if you come in here and get involved in a group and come to next class and go to following Jesus, I promise you, you'll get into a great community. Get into the process. You will grow and you will connect, I promise. Here's another way you can help me. (laughs) Just build your personal relationship with Jesus. Every single weekend, if you've been coming here for any length of time, somewhere inevitably in my lessons, I will say, pray, read the word, do what it tells you to do. That's it. Pray, read the word, do what it tells you to do. There is no quick fix to life change. It is just simple dedication to a relationship with Jesus. That's it. Just, just, this is all I want in life. If anyone ever comes up to me and they say, Corey, what do you want to do? I just want people to love Jesus, to talk to him, and to obey him. That's all I want. Just do those things. Here's another way you can help us. Pray for us. Pray for your city and pray for this church. You should have got, if you have the app, you should have gotten a notification. And it has a little picture that fits perfectly as your screensaver. And it's just some prayer requests that we have. Download that, make it your screensaver and pray for us. Think about us, help us. I'll just straight up tell you, I will never know if you do or don't, but I think you should prayerfully consider tithing. Let me tell you something that has nothing to do. Even if, even if this church brought in $35 million dollars, I would still talk about biblical tithing. You want to you, you tell you why? It doesn't change my paycheck one dime because tithing really has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with living open-handed and it is a posture of the heart to be sacrificial with how we live. And whether our church had money just pouring out of the windows, we don't, but even if we did, giving is still a thing because giving changes how you look at people, how you think it changes the dynamics of our heart. So like I said, I will not personally benefit if you give or don't give. That's between you and the Lord. 
Not only that, I promise you we will not use your money for decadent or stupid means. If you've been coming here for any length of time, I hope I've proven that to you, that we don't use your money foolishly. I will always be transparent with, with your money. But if we don't give, we cannot serve the city the way we're supposed to. If we don't give, we can't do things like pay for a, a bus that does ultrasounds that prevents people from, from, from getting abortions. Look, guys, let me tell you a story real quick because you're the 10 o'clock and, and I just want to tell you this. Years and years ago, I was invited to a meeting with some of the biggest churches in, 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 in our area. Man, I got to be careful with this story. And we were presented with this idea of a mobile ultrasound unit. This was during, you remember all the yes on one stuff? Do you guys remember that? Everywhere you'd go, you'd see 6,000 little pink things in church you know, yards that say, yes on one, vote yes on one, which was a, a law. It was a good law, but about how you have to get an ultrasound before you, you get an abortion. So anyways, all these churches, yes on one, yes on one, vote, 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 vote. We were invited into a room and someone proposed to us the idea of a mobile ultrasound unit. And the statistics are that if women get an ultrasound before they consider an abortion, 80 something percent of the time, they will not get an abortion. They will have the baby once they see the ultrasound. So we were pitched this, me and, and several other churches, there were five churches. And I said, I'm down, how much is it? And they said, it's $250,000. And I was like, there's five of us, I'll give 50 grand today. I'm down, let's do this. Our church will love it. You know how many other churches gave money that day? Here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can talk about changing the city all day long. We can talk about doing amazing things until we're willing to step up to the plate and sacrifice, it doesn't get done. So you, hold, hold on, you know what that said to me? Everyone said, man, abortion is bad. You gonna do anything about it? Well, no. That's not going to be us. Do you understand? Listen, and if you're ticked off by this and man, God keeps... Maybe this isn't a good fit for you, and that's fine. We need the parking spaces, okay? So, but, but here's the thing. We, listen, we either gotta step up and be the church or we need to do something else. So we need to be giving, we need to be serving, we need to be making disciples. If you've been a Christian longer than three and a half years, it's time for you to go out and make a disciple. That's biblical, man, that's Jesus. So here's the thing. None of this even really has anything to do with the Experience Community Church. This has to do with the kingdom of God. This has to do for the betterment of our families, for our communities. Do you know this church gave over $150,000 to the public schools last year? Because the government won't do it. So we have to step in and do it. So listen, God is blessing this church. He is growing this church. But in that, we have to stay humble. We have to stay diligent. We have to stay selfless. We have to stay hungry and expectant. Why? Because for some reason, God has chosen you guys to do something miraculous. And let me tell you what, in the United States right now, we are falling apart. And if the U.S. has ever needed the Christian church to step up and be the church, I'm about to be 44 years old and never in my life have I seen such a desperate need for the church to be the church. 
And unfortunately, a lot of them just aren't. And oh, man, I just will not let that happen here. We have got to be the light. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He was talking to his church. That's us, guys. Listen, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I would lay down my life for you. I love you. But we have, we have, we have, I need you to get under this with me. I need you to get under this with me. Okay. All right. Would you bow your heads with me? I've already said many things this morning that I shouldn't have. If you're in this room and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know God, up here on my right, your left, we have Pastor Savut. If you have any questions, he'd love to talk with you. We have men and women on both sides of the stage if you need prayer for anything, anything at all, anything at all. It doesn't have to be anything we talked about today, but if you need prayer for, for anything, please let someone pray with you. And then the last thing is all the way around this room where we see a lamp on a table and then the majority of these pillars in the middle, we have bread and wine that represents the body and blood of Jesus. The savior of the universe that came and died for us. Everyone is welcome to take the body and blood of Jesus as long as they have asked Christ to forgive them of their sins. Let me pray for us. Father God, we love you. Father, we just want to be what you want us to be. Father, I pray that this is a group of Christians that make you proud. I pray that this is a group of Christians, God, that goes against the grain, not just culturally, but even the church culture, God. I pray that we just, everything we do, that, that you are at the forefront of our minds, that advancing the, 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 the truth and the gospel is at the forefront of our minds. Father, keep us humble. Lord, let us be benevolent, gracious people, Lord, not just with our money, but with our talent and with our time and with our energy, God. Jesus, you said where, where our treasure is, our heart is there also. Lord, let us check our hearts, God. We love you. We thank you. Protect the men and women in this room. Lord, don't just let us be the light. Let us be a blinding light, God. Father, we love you. We praise you. We lift you up. We pray all these things in your name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you more than I can express. You're welcome to help yourself. Thank you.